Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. We are today uh, back in Jude chapter 6, verses 7. We touched on chapter 6 yesterday. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. What's he talking about? Like we said yesterday. Jude is warning these Christians. He says at the beginning of this little letter that we're in, you know, I was all set to write you about something totally different. Something about our salvation, something maybe encouraging. But he says, you know, I found it necessary to appeal to you to contend for the faith. In other words... Struggle for it. Fight for it. Don't take your faith for granted. So what was going on? Well, Jude's making a pretty powerful point here that we can talk about lovey-dovey stuff and all the other stuff, but how crucial we have to uh, emphasize how crucial it is To have the proper faith, you've got to contend for it. You've got to struggle for it. You've got, to, you've got to work at it. Because not everybody's believing the same thing. People are believing what they want to believe. They can believe that God is love. They can believe that God is merciful. They can know about the gospel message that saves. And they can desire God's presence. But all of that turns on the faith. All of that is achieved through faith. And faith is our part. And of course, Hebrews, um, I'm jumping back to Hebrews 2, 12, 1 to 2. Jesus is the founder, perfecter, of our faith. Our faith starts with Jesus Christ. If we didn't have Jesus Christ, 
we wouldn't have any faith at all. He's the source of our faith. Because of our faith in Christ, this gospel message can be received by us. The mercy can be received by us. And if God's love is received by us, if, we're not, if we don't put our faith in it, then we're just receiving whatever good feelings we want to have. But if we don't have proper faith in God, how can we receive His love? We've got to really keep faith as our, our foundation. And we've used the analogy before that faith is sort of like the roots of the plant. You can't really see it. It's underground. But everything the plant produces on top of the ground, we can see the result in one's life. The good works that come from faith. But we have got to work at keeping the roots healthy. And that's a personal thing. That's a your that's your personal actions is your personal faith. And so he is saying that the reason he's got to write this letter, he doesn't want to write this letter, but he's got to write this letter because you've got to, you've got to work at your faith. You've got to tend to your own garden. Why? Because they're false teachers coming into church. And these false teachers result in false faith, perverted faith. People will put their faith in what they want to believe in. They'll believe the way they want to believe. If they believe what their mind conjures up, it's not really faith in anything because faith is something that you can't see. But people really want to have faith in what they can see. You ever notice like a lot of people seem to like to go to a certain church because of the building or the choir? Or do they like the, the pastor? They like the way his personality is. They like his jokes. Maybe they like the way he looks. Maybe people go to a certain church because of the way the congregation looks. Maybe it has a lot of uh, prestigious-looking people, or maybe people put on a certain, uh, you know, they look a certain way. You're comfortable. You're, you're looking at church like a social group. People put their faith in what they want to put their faith in. And that's really a false faith because your faith has got to be in Christ, not on your emotions. Faith is not a feeling. So you have false teachers, false faith. And if the faith is false, if the faith is, is in what you can see, 
what you're doing is denying Christ. And he gives examples of these false teachers, and he's giving an example here of, of angels who, who did not stay within their position. They strayed from their position under God's authority. So they deny, just like men deny, the way, the truth, and the life. Our false teachers, our false faith, denying Christ's authority, denies Christ. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jude is letting us know that this way, this truth, this life applies to earth and it applies to heaven. God is sovereign over earth. He is the way, the truth, and the life on earth. He is the way, the truth, and the life in heaven. And sin is not the way, it is not the truth, and it, is, it leads to death. It is not the life. Sin has to be punished on earth and in heaven, whether mortal man or spiritual angels. This contention for the faith, to contend for the faith, is really important. He talks about the people who were unfaithful coming out of the land of Egypt. And then he talks about the angels themselves. His sovereignty. And then verse 7, Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. So he, then he comes down and he references um, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, apparently that had really um, indulged in, in a lot of sexually immoral behavior. And... Um, serve as an example for punishment. We don't even know where these cities are even located. They've been so completely and utterly destroyed. So, God's judgment is real. And God doesn't miss a thing. And Jude didn't want to have to write a letter like this. But faith is so important. So for us today, we got to understand that God's not missing a thing either. 
And we've got to understand just how important our faith is. It is crucial. It is crucial. And what we believe translates into how we act. Whether it's the Hebrews coming out of Egypt, you know, the Israel uh, Hebrew nation coming out of Egypt, how they acted just after they've been saved. Even angels themselves, how they act. And all these people that are just putting their faith in the immorality around them, how they acted. Faith is so important. It affects what you do. So we'll stop here. Um, powerful letter. I mean, this little book of Jude stands toe-to-toe with any other book we've studied. And so far, in the first seven verses, it's like McGee calls it a little atomic bomb. It is just, it's explosive. So, we'll stop here for me to all of you. God bless you. We'll see you next time as we continue this study of this little power-packed book of Jude. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great and love to hear what you've got to say today. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Jude chapter 1, beginning at verse 6 all the way to verse 7. So Jude has made it clear that certain men had actually crept or come into the church by the side door. So they were creepy. They crept in. They didn't come in through the front entrance. And they came into the church and Jude didn't write about, you know, this occurrence, what was happening. Like Jude wasn't the first um, apostle to write about it. It's not um, something that's new. Other writers had written about it. And, you know, we have Peter who wrote about it, Paul wrote about it. And these men had an, you know, these men that they're talking about, they had an outward appearance of being godly, but they were ministers of Satan. So, you know, they looked like ministers of light. And inward, they were wolves, but outwards, they acted like sheep. So the test of these men came and they were turning God's grace into lasciviousness, that's lewdness, um, wantonness, you know, and, and, you know, meaning, you know, they, they had an arrogance, you know, they were, they were very arrogant and, you know, they, they just went on and sinned with no shame at all. And, you know, there was such gross immorality and they denied the Lord Jesus Christ. And this was the mark um, this was the test. This was the, the, um, this was how to actually mark them out. And they actually failed this test. That's how, um, you can mark out these men even today. So this is not something new when, um, these ministers of Satan actually, um, come in and, you know, this is how, this is the litmus test. This is how you can actually, um, tell them apart. And here at verse 6, where we're starting our study from, he, uh, Jude gives us instances of how God has judged apostasy. And apostasy is turning away from the faith. 
and in um in the past and um you know he gives us these examples of how um you know three different groups i had mentioned earlier on um he gave us you know there's there's going to be three different groups of examples and three different people um um that's are going to be given as examples of um apostasy and them turning away from the faith so three so israel uh we actually talked of in our study yesterday and it's because of their unbelief that they couldn't enter the land and they were judged for it so they were in um unbelief um you know god had promised them to take them to you know out of their land of egypt and take them to promised land and they departed away from the basis of the promise and <clears throat> and um so they um god they were actually um you know for lack of a better term locked out of the land because um god told them he was going to actually be there for them and guide them and and they ended up god shut them out and they ended up staying in the wilderness for 38 more years because of their unbelief so verse 6 of our study reads um and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day so we have here you know another group so first we had the israelites now we have here another group um and that's the angels who actually rebelled and they are kept in chains so god will judge them so the judgment of angels has been mentioned before and god's words god's word sorry has a lot to say about the judgment that is coming upon this earth so they are um eight judgments that are mentioned uh in God's word and one of the judgments in uh you know is the judgment of angels you know there's a great white judgment and um you know one of these judgments here that we're reading is the judgment of angels which will take place sometime during the kingdom reign of um the Lord Jesus Christ and if we turn to the book of 1 Corinthians 15:24 we just turn there Okay. So 1 Corinthians 15:24 reads <clears throat> Okay. So it reads um then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God the Father when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power so here power the power he's talking about um that's mentioned here um that's the evil power the demonic forces that are in the world so he must reign um you know Christ will reign until Christ will only reign sorry until he has put all his enemies under his feet and um this is um he's going to put out the demonic forces so let me just read from verse 23 it says but each in his own order christ the first fruit afterwards those who are christ's and 
he his company so this talks about the order in which uh, the lord jesus christ when he comes he'll take his own out of this um world out of this earth and then, then there's going to be total apostasy and you know when he comes to reign during his millennial reign he will you know begin to judge um so first it's going to be the 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 the, the saints the dead the dead in, what am i saying um those saints who died they will be risen together with christ when he comes and we meet him in the clouds and then there's um christ's own here on earth they'll be raptured okay so um the evil power that's the demonic forces that are in the world and he is going to judge them so he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet so during the millennial the millennium these demonic powers will be judged and then the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death so there are several passages that talk of the judgment of angels and in first corinthians 6 3 it talks about um the judgment of angels as well let me just turn to first corinthians 6 3 and it reads um do you not know that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain sorry how much more yeah things that pertain to this life so during the time of the millennial reign of christ there will be a judgment of angels and if we turn to second peter 2 verse 4 it reads um second <clears throat> peter 2 verse 4 for if god did not spare the angels who sinned and the angels were made higher than man um so it goes on to read for if god did not spare the angels who sinned but cast them down to hell so hell here is also hades and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment so here this actually corresponds to jude's um step two to the book of jude to what jude is talking about and hell is hades that's the place um of the unsaved so the angels are spiritual and the chains that are being talked about are not literal chains chains with links in them in other words it actually means um bonds so they will be heavily guarded so another group hmm, of these fallen angels are the demons so the, you know the angels are can be categorized in two groups so the ones that are currently waiting for judgment or that are heavily chained that are chained um and are waiting for judgment and another group these are the fallen angels um these are the demons that are abroad today in the world so you know in as much as um people may not believe it or you know believe it but you know there is supernatural powers there is um you know supernatural forces and you know if you just look at how you know just how bad the world has turned how how like really horrid the heinous crimes that people actually commit you tend to wonder um you know what force was actually controlling these people so you know people may not believe in um you know angels like um you know from god but you know they tend to believe um you know in 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 like the evil demonic uh, world but you know for for me i believe you know for every um 
for every positive, there's a negative to it. So if there are these demonic forces, they are uh, forces of good from, you know, they are angels from God as well. So, um, you know, that are about us. And these are the fallen angels who actually rebelled against Christ, but their rebellion wasn't as much as um, the, the other um, spiritual forces that are in Hades. That's the place of the unsaved and awaiting, awaiting judgment. So, you know, in Revelations 20.10, um, this is a reference to hell. So let me just turn to Revelations 20, verse 10. And it reads, The devil who deceived them will cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay, so... This is a reference to hell, Hades. Uh, it's the lake of fire. And it's, it's more actually, it's more literal than just, you know, fire. Fire is just like um, a weak example of um, what hell is. It's actually worse. It's worse than fire. So the devil is not yet in hell. You know, though a lot of people tend to think he's actually in hell. He's not yet in hell. Right now he is busy on earth today, causing destruction and confusion and, you know, just... Um, so many horrible things that are happening, gross immorality and all. And he has helpers. And he has helpers, both supernatural and natural helpers. And oh yes, they are natural helpers um, um, abroad here on earth. And, um, you know, you have these people, you know, walking among us and, you know, they tend to do heinous crimes. And, you know, you just tend to wonder, you know, what is going on and what's wrong with these people. So a time will actually come when he will be put out. And we have this in Revelation 12, verse 7. And it reads, um, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. So, um, you know, the, the day will actually come. You know, a time will come when... Um, you know, he will be put out when Christ comes. He's going to, um, you know, to during his millennial reign, kingdom, in, his, in, the, in the millennium, he is going to judge and put out, you know, um, all these, um, you know, evil and saved um, powers that are uh, amongst us today. Verse 7 goes on to read. Um, oops. And just turn to the Jude. Okay, so verse 7 reads, As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So these cities were judged, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were judged, and they were given over to, you know... Um, they were given over to um, sexual immorality. You know, um, there was homosexuality. And, you know, this is called sodomy today. There was homosexuality. And today, you know, the example that Dr. Jiva McGee gave um, on, you know, how 
you know, how Satan has actually just turned around, you know, the play of words. Um, today, you know, adultery um, is now called in the new morality, it's now called free love. And, you know, it's made to look okay. You know, sin is just made to look great and okay. Um, you know, where you find a, the drunkards are actually given high-ranking positions and they're respected in society. And, you know, a murderer is, you know, rendered as, you know, you know, just insane at that particular point when they were committing those crimes. And, you know, you tend to read a lot in, you know, the, 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 the news today about... Um, you know, like pedophiles, they want to actually legalize it and, you know, to, to not legalize it, sorry, to reclassify it as, you know, a pedophiler isn't mentally sick. They want to say, you know, a pedophiler is, um, that's just a sexual orientation, a sexual preference, like, you know, the way they give sexual preferences to, to gays, queers, and, you know, transgenders and all, you know, that's how, that's just how, crazy and weird the world has gotten today so you know here in Sodom and Gomorrah they were judged because of the heinous sins the sexual immorality that they were practicing that that was homosexuality and this was the vilest sin of all that you know there was gross immorality which is today called the new morality you know you have to be open-minded and broad-minded you have to be liberal about it there's nothing new about it um you know sin is sin and god has judged men in the past for sins and this you know should be a warning this is actually a warning to us that god will judge any civilization because god judge god has judged civilization look at sodom and gomorrah look at all those other um civilizations he judged uh, moab uh, the Amorites, Edom, you know, God judged the different civilizations and he's the, has done it in the past. And this we should heed as a warning um, that, you know, you know, any civilization that actually goes too far in this direction, you know, of just gross immorality, God will judge them. And this is the direction where we're actually moving today and we're actually moving there fast like pretty fast and it's it's a sad reality but it's it's a reality that we ought to um you know be aware of so you know as christians you know as we grow in the faith and as we learn more let us be vigilant you know who we surround ourselves with and who we actually support you know what movements and what organizations we tend to support like um what are the are these organizations standing for the faith okay or are they just out there corrupting um, morals of society okay so this is our teaching today our study today thank you all for listening in um god bless you all have a pleasant day bye bye